Well, it's good to see all of you here today. Uh, you braved the cold uh, to come out and uh, worship. So it's good to see you. Uh, we're beginning a new series today titled Finding Your Way Back to God. And uh, our primary text is going to be uh, the prodigal son. Today we're going to talk about awakening to longing. Our universal longing for love, purpose, and meaning in life can only be fulfilled inside a relationship with God. Now, not everybody will agree with me on that statement, but it's true. And over the next uh, five weeks, uh, I think you will become convinced uh, that that is true. So regardless of where you are on your life journey, you can find your way back to God and awaken to living a life that matters. Now, this series will help us to see that there is a universal pattern that awakens us to finding love, purpose, and meaning in life when we find our way back to God. The longing to be loved, to find purpose for our days, to find meaning in our pain is given to us by God and intended to lead us back to him. Watch this video. There was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, father I want right now what's coming to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And Where there he waste wasted all his money in wild living. He had spent everything. When a bad famine spread through that whole land, Soon he had nothing He to was eat. hungry and needed money. So he went and got a job with one of the people who lived there. The man sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He would have been glad to eat what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him a thing. Finally, when he, he came, came to, his, to senses, his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But let me be like one of your hired workers. So he left and he went to his father. While the son was still a long way While off, his he father was saw still him a long way off. He felt sorry for him. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. So he ran to threw him his and arms him around and him, him and kissed him. The son said, "Father, I have sinned against God and have done wrong to you." I am no longer I don't worthy deserve to, to be called, called your son, son ever again. But the father said to his but servants, But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Get the best calf and prepare it. Bring the so fat can calf and, and celebrate. Let's have a feast and celebrate. This son of mine was dead, but has now come back to life. dead and has returned to life. He was lost and is found. He was lost so the party and is began. found. So they began to celebrate. And they began to have a wonderful time. I want you to be thinking as we go through the message here um, what the son's issues were and what was going on in his mind and in his life. You know, all of us have experienced feelings of emptiness in life at one time or another. That means you know what it's like to have longings that have gone unfulfilled. 
You know what it's like to end up in a place where you never intended to be. And maybe in this moment, as you ponder your life, you find yourself thinking, there's got to be more. Awakening to longing. Yes, the feeling that there's got to be more. That feeling awakens in us longings that lie deep within our own souls. These longings are so universal that they show up almost everywhere. In stories we write, in the art that we create, and in the songs that we sing. Now it's time for audience participation. I know you like these times in the sermons. So um, I'm going to read to you uh, a phrase about a popular song. It's not last week's top ten, but it's a popular song that all of you should know. And um, I want you to speak out and tell me um, the the rest of the song, the rest of the phrase, how it goes. Okay, the first one: you can't always get. Ooh, I thought the first service was good, but you might be better. Okay, the second is, I still haven't found, I'm impressed. Okay, looking for love. Okay, all right. So, these familiar tunes point to the longings that we all have. Um, First is this longing for love. Glenn Wolf uh, holds the the record for the most number of marriages in the United States. He was married 29 times. Yeah, I, I kind of said the same thing. Um, his longest marriage lasted seven years. His shortest marriage was 19 days. Now, here's an interesting detail. Let me ask you, and you can speak out. What do you think his occupation was? Somebody said he should have been a marriage counselor in the first service. Uh, He probably was qualified uh, to do some counseling. Uh, He was a Baptist pastor. Yeah, I reacted the same way. Um, So what I want to know is why Glenn Wolf didn't stop on his fourth marriage say, wow, this is not working, or even his 24th, but he went all the way to 29. So why did he keep trying? Why was he so persistent? And why do most of us keep trying with relationships, even relationships other than marriage? After all, relationships are hard. We get dumped We get hurt, yet we still long for love. And why, if one friend stabs you in the back, do you find yourself reaching out and risking friendship again? Well, it's because we're all looking for love. Inside of us, every one of us, is this longing to be loved. Well, we also have this longing for purpose, Now, I want you to think back when you were a kid. For some of you, that's going to be really hard because it's a long time ago, like me. 
Uh, think back when you were a kid, maybe five or six years old. What did you want to be when you grew up? Okay, go ahead, tell me. Oh, and you became a teacher. Okay, that's great. What? Lawyer, okay. What was that? A map maker, okay. Okay, you have to speak up because my hearing's not the best. Carpenter, okay. All right, so, you know, I, I, I went through some of the most common responses, and they're like a doctor, uh, a teacher, maybe a fireman, or like when I was young, uh, astronauts were going into space, and so, you know, a lot of the young kids wanted to be astronauts. Um, now ask yourself, why in the world... Were you dreaming about having any kind of job or profession at all at the age of five or six? Think about that. Well, you didn't need a job at that age. Uh, you didn't have any bills to pay. You were still learning the alphabet and how to spell your name. Uh, why would you even think about what you wanted to be when you grew up? Anybody? Purpose. Yeah, purpose. It's because you already had a desire inside of you for a purpose in your life. You wanted to accomplish something in this world. Maybe you wanted to change the world, maybe even make the world a better place. But then, thirdly, there's a longing for meaning. Now, so we have this longing for love, we long for purpose, and we long for meaning, which involves the answers to the big why questions. I think every one of us has had enough pain in our lives that at some point we ask why. Why, God, if you were so good, did you allow 9-11 to happen? Why, if you're so good, did you allow a bunch of hurricanes to strike the United States this year and kill and do untold amount of damage to different cities and people's homes and so on? What is the point of life? Why am I here? I can't keep a job. I have no satisfying relationship. Why am I in so much pain? God, I have cancer. My wife just divorced me. It seems that people all around me reject me. If suffering is causing you to question God, then I want you to think on this. There's a reason why suffering feels not just painful, but it also feels wrong and unfair. And there's a reason why you feel like your life and the world aren't the way they are supposed to be. God gave you those feelings. They're from him. God feels the same way. Your desire to see wrongs righted and suffering come to an end is put inside of you by God. Understand the longing for love, the longing for purpose, the
the longing for answers to the big why questions are longings that we all experience. We are hardwired with those longings. The problem isn't that we have these longings or desires, but that we seek to fulfill them on our own. So we're looking for answers in the wrong places. We try to satisfy these longings and answer these questions without God. Here's the good news this morning. Awakening to these longings and to the truth about where they can be satisfied marks the beginning of our journey back to God. So now we're going to look at the prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, beginning with verse 11. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for, for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, this story is considered by many in literary circles, not just among Bible scholars and Bible students, but literary circles as one of the greatest short stories in literature. Now, you heard it read earlier, Uh, in the video uh, by several individuals from various Bible translations and paraphrases. It's the story of a lost son who has this longing in life. this This is the driver inside of him that caused him to do what he did. A longing that there's gotta be more. And so, I want you to envision, as the son was going back to the father uh, to repent, to apologize, and to ask for mercy, forgiveness, I want you to envision him singing, you can't always get what you want. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, haven't you noticed in your experience that it's almost always the younger son that becomes rebellious or goes through a rebellious stage? Now, just let me tell you, Denny was the younger son in my family. That's it. I'm not saying anymore. That's it. And so... uh, In that culture, in that day and time, a son asking for his inheritance early was one of the worst insults that he could make to his father. A son in Jesus' day traditionally received his inheritance 
following his father's death. And so that still follows today. It's still pretty much tradition today. Um, however, being the younger son, his share of the inheritance would be much less than the older brothers. Now, that may have had something to do with his decision to ask uh, ahead of time for his inheritance. Um, maybe he felt bitter over this tradition of him getting a lesser share of the inheritance. But listen to this. Based on the law of Moses, he was expected to take care of his father in his old age. Well, actually, it was father and mother, um, but in this case, we're dealing with the father. And oh, by the way, um, the father uh, in Jesus' parable uh, was God, and, and the younger son represents all of us because we all go astray and eventually need to come back uh, to the father. But the Ten Commandments had said, honor your father and mother. Now, Jesus gave the best explanation of that, and that is um, that children were expected to take care of their parents in their older age. Now, listen to this, all of you young people. Uh, and, and really, that's only right. They took care of you when you were unable to take care of yourself, and so then it becomes your turn to take care of them when they can't take care of themselves. The son asking for his inheritance early was like saying, look, Dad, I don't really care if you live or die anymore. I just know there's something more, and I want it now. This was a huge offense to his father. Now, is it possible that this young son just said out loud what most of us feel? Now, answer that question before you throw this younger son under the bus for being ungrateful and selfish. At times, don't we feel slighted not getting what we hoped for, wanted, or deserved in life. Thinking and feeling that you want something more is what you should feel. You should feel that. Absolutely not everything you desire is good for you, yet things like your longing for love, uh, that a love that will truly last, a purpose for living, and your need to make sense out of the hard things in life, all these longings originate with God. The son in Jesus' story was like so many of us. You know, he was convinced that he had to leave his father in order to find answers and fulfill his longings. He had to discover all this for himself. The younger son squandered his wealth. The Bible says in wild living. Now, the Bible doesn't explain what wild living was. It'd be interesting to know. But if the story were told today, the son could have ventured off to Las Vegas, to Hollywood, or some other exotic place 
in search of something more. I can imagine it was a journey that included parties with binge drinking uh, into all hours of the night and women who were willing to satisfy every desire. Well, it didn't take long to blow his inheritance. Very quickly, his adventure turned sour. A famine struck the land, and he had no money or food. He even took a despicable job that no self-respecting Jew would take, feeding pigs, animals that were unclean to the Jews. So the son's longing for love wasn't satisfied in other women. The son's longing for purpose wasn't found in partying. The younger son's journey left him asking all kinds of why questions. Why didn't this turn out like I thought it would? Why am I so lonely, broke, and empty? Why did I end up in a place like this? Doesn't the son's response sound and feel familiar? The story of the lost son is each of our stories, even though some of our stories are more or less dramatic or more or less painful. (coughs) The reason Jesus told this story is to help each of us find our way home, back to God. So this brings us to life's most important question, and it is a question that you'll have to ask over and over, and actually I've made it into two questions. Where will you go to satisfy these God-given longings? And will they draw you close to God or away from God? Well, in fact, this whole series is about finding your way back to God. And so that's the graphic that we started out with. Our series is all about that initial time that we find our way back to God and begin a relationship with Him. But it's also about our ongoing journey. We find our way back to God as a life-changing moment the first time. The first time you make a discovery and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, that's that's a monumental event in your life. But we also find our way back to God as a life growing process. Something that happens over and over again. So think about your own spiritual journey. Time after time, we've wandered away from our home. Time after time, we've forgotten God. Uh, Time after time, we've completely turned our backs on God. Finding our way back to God is all about awakening. Our awakening to longing is all about recognizing our longing for love, purpose, and meaning. It's not satisfied running from God, but running toward God. The story of the lost son is actually each of our stories. Your response to the longings, will it be to draw close to God or will you pull away from God? 
The 17th century mathematician Blaise Pascal had one of the greatest in intellects in the history of the Western civilization. He grew up knowing about God, but not earnestly following him. Then, in a profound middle-of-the-night experience with God, he had a change of heart. Well, that experience uh, ignited Pascal's passion to help others find their way back to God. So he began to challenge his fellow intellectuals uh, to a wager on God. He would dare them to step into a belief about God and see if it didn't change their lives. Pascal explained his wager this way, make a bet that there is a God who loves you. If you are right, you have everything to gain. And if you are wrong, you have nothing to lose. Make a bet that God is real. The risk I want you to take is this. I want you to pray to God. If that's not a common practice for you, then it'll probably seem a little awkward at first, but I want you to try it. For others, prayer is a regular part of your life. Um, maybe so regular that at times it becomes a little routine. Well, either way, I want you to open yourself up to finding God in a deeper, more life-changing way than you ever have before. So here's exactly what I'm asking you to do. I want you to pray as if God is real every single day for 30 days. Okay, here's the prayer, which is the first of five, that I'm going to ask you to pray. Every week we'll give you a new one. Uh, but I want you to do this for 30 days, and here it is. It's on your outline. God, if you are real, make yourself real to me. Awaken in me the ability to see that you are what's missing in my life. Now, you might think that's silly or foolish or whatever, but what do you have to lose? You could have everything to gain. I, myself, am going to personally take this 30-day wager and meditate on what it says every day because I know that I need God to be real in my life. And I want to experience him more and more every single day. Where will you go to fill these longings that each of us have? These longings actually come from God. They will either draw us to him or they will push us away. Imagine, though, if God fulfilled your longing for love, purpose, and meaning. Imagine what it would be like to not have to run after love anymore. Imagine what it would feel like to not have to search for purpose or look for meaning. Can you even begin to imagine what it might feel like to experience your longings fulfilled? My prayer is that every one of us will let those longings lead us back to God. Now, I was thinking after I 
finish the message about the fact that, you know, one day we're all going to appear before God. And I've run into a lot of people uh, who say, well, you know, I, I know that God is real. I know he's there. I know he's all that the Bible says he is. Uh, but I'm not going to make a decision to accept him until right before I die. And so I was wondering, you know, when these people get to the judgment and they appear before God, you know, what, what they're going to say, now, you know, I don't know how God's going to treat that. that that's premeditated sin leading up to the very end. I don't know how God's going to treat that. He's God, he's the judge, he'll take care of it. But I want you to imagine how you'll feel as you approach God and you look back on your life and so much of your life you didn't live for him, you lived actually against his wishes. And so you've got all those wasted years, years that you could have been setting a good example for others, years that you could have been encouraging others uh, to accept his son Jesus as Lord of their life. Um, How are you going to feel about that? More importantly, how's he going to feel about that? We're going to stand, sing our song of decision, and give you the opportunity um, to make a decision for yourself. Maybe you need to accept him. Um, Certainly, I want you to agree to uh, praying every day for 30 days and see if it makes a difference in your life.